Hey, ladies and germs, this is Nick, and welcome to the Empty Arena Podcast. I'm here alongside John and Andrew. And on today's episode, we're going to be touching on what is being considered as a hot button issue in the wrestling world, the heel turn of one Bailey, as well as the updated bracket for the King of the Ring, and uh, some thoughts on some alleged direction for Bray Wyatt's character, or the Fiend, or whatever the heck you want to call him. <laughs> Woohoo! Ooh, ooh! We're the, uh, it's, so any, anytime John, Nick, and myself are on the podcast, we have to come up with like a team name. It has to be like, like we're like the Jonas Brothers of the Empty Arena. Ugh. He's Nick. This is Nick. I'm Nick Jonas? Uh, oh yeah, you're Nick, no, Nick Jonas. Hey, I'll who's, take it. Who's Joe? Jonas. One of our loyal listeners, Joe. Hey, I, I won't, <laughs> I won't, I won't get jealous. Um, yeah, that was terrible. There's uh there's a there's a lot of good uh, good stuff going on in the WWE right now. I someone someone said it. I was on like a, a wrestling group. Someone's like, you know what? I'm actually satisfied with the product at this very moment. I'm like, mm, there's a lot of things I think still going wrong, but there's a few things going right. I would say. Is that person high? Yes. Okay. Always high. Okay. Probably. But one of the things is I think Bailey's a uh, new character. Yeah. That's definitely the thing. Definitely something that's going in the right direction. Yes. So, if you guys didn't see, uh, Bailey turned heel after a tag match with uh, her and and Becky against, I believe it was Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Yes. Are, are Alexa and Nikki are are they uh, heels or faces? They're heels. I yeah. They're they're definitely they're heels. heels. Alexa as a face. I mean. Uh... I don't know, but I mean, either way, Bailey uh, turned on Becky after the match was over, and knocked her in the back with the chair and kept on uh, beating her up. And then on SmackDown, she announced that the reason why she did it was because she had a loyalty to Sasha Banks, and then Sasha Banks came out and they both beat up on Charlotte. So I, I, I don't know. I, are you guys feeling this heel turn? I think it's the right move, but are you guys feeling it? It, it, it was a shock. Uh, nobody expected it. Um, so I, I think that's the plus side of it. Yeah. Other than that, I, I don't know if she's technically going to be a great heel. I mean, I can't picture her as a heel. I I, I personally as, uh, didn't really like her as a face anyway, so I, I, I guess I'll take it as it is. I didn't you know? like, yeah, I, I, either way, I just... I mean, I'm not. I'm not huge, too high on on Bailey in general. It's just, yeah. that's just my personal opinion. It does not reflect the general view of the empty arena. <laughs> but don't, don't get too political on me now, Andrew. But uh, no, I, I just I feel like her promo after the fact was an opportunity for her to be a heel, and she really wasn't uh, wasn't too heelish. No, it was too um, on the pandering side of things where. I feel like she was trying to really justify her actions. Like, you know, I have to be the role model. I have to set an example about being loyal and all this stuff. You know, your kids look up to me. You know, I had to show that I was loyal. I mean, it really came off. I think this is really just part of the growing pains, I think, in terms of the yeah. villainous aspect of her character, which we've never seen. And I don't know prior to WWE, like, what she was about as far as whether or not she played the heel. I'm guessing at some point early on she might have. Uh, Maybe. I don't in, know. In other capacities. But, I mean, listen, 
I was all for the shock factor. I was surprised. I think the crowd ate it up. Um, it's something different for her. I, I think it's I think it's a good thing, you know. And you know what? It's better than um, having to be resigned to the fact that you're you're going to be you know a, a face or a heel permanently. It's good to have variety in the character. But to your point, I think right now she um, I think is just having to get adjusted to going out there and being the villain. And it it's tough to to turn heel and to go up against one of the best heels in the company right, right now in now, Charlotte. That's where this now this now the, the way that the chips have fallen, you know, you have her going up against arguably the the top heel uh in the women's division. And it's like to really come off like as a heel, but now the question is do you really have heel versus heel go against each other and, and who on SmackDown is going to step up to be the baby face now. That's the big million dollar question that I don't really know at this point who would be. Um, in the words of Danny, I'm going to say this may turn out to be poo poo. Poo poo. It may be a bigger poo poo. Yeah. So but, I, I, I don't know how I feel about this whole heel turn with her. It, like, I mean, it might, it might work. Don't know. I feel like one scenario that could work is if Bailey keeps her title, Sasha wins the title from Becky, and then both of them fight for the women's tag belts and they and they become double champions with the tag belts uh that's like the probably the only way to increase their stock and to increase the stock of the women's tag titles because it really is a, the women's tag belts are irrelevant now it's so sad yeah right in i february, mean and they're, and they're yeah. fairly new too yeah in february they, yeah. they, they debuted at elimination chamber i think yeah. it was yeah, I, I think they 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 stripped uh, Sasha and uh, Bailey too soon of that, right? Uh, it was Bailey and Sasha with the uh, the normal yeah at WrestleMania, yep. yeah. yeah. So I, I think they stripped them too soon of the uh, the tag titles. No, I, I agree hundred yeah. percent. Now I, I feel like we're suffering, and you have Bailey and, and and Sasha that are now back, and they're both have you know better character, and they're they're uh, reinvigorated. Um. And Sasha's come back. She is she's born to be a heel. She's such a good heel. Yeah. Uh, just Bailey as a face. I just don't. I don't. I don't buy it. I mean, I, I Bailey as a heel. I just don't buy it. And, uh, it's definitely a growing pain. I just don't. I the only future I see is her retaining and Sasha winning, and both of them as like heel champions taking the women's tag belts as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It, it has yeah. to play out. I think it's really too early to um, figure it out. I mean, as far as her her gimmick and you know how she presents herself, you know that's another that's another variable that I think um, has to come into play. Because if she keeps this colorful image with you know the cutesy little ponytail and the entrance music and all that uh, all of that stuff, um, I don't think it's going to really complement and contribute to, you know, getting her villainous persona over, I think, in a way that they're hoping that it does. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they would do. I don't know how they would change it around, but I'm waiting to be surprised. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that they have it figured out. They have to have something in mind. Otherwise, they wouldn't have pulled the trigger like this the way they did. I do think that they have to have something planned for yeah. her as far as specifically what they want to change and how they want to go about it. So I'm hopeful. Uh, but right now it's, you could tell it's, it's a, it's an adjustment for her. I think. 
Do you think this means uh, Charlotte will be becoming a face? Is it, uh, it, will it be a double, Will it be a double turn? Listen, I mean, it's possible. Charlotte has been a face before. She's been, you know, a respectable face. I mean, I, I mean, she's. I, I, I think we all agree she, she's because of her bloodline. She's a heel. She was born to be a heel. She, she plays it so well. Yeah, she can't be anything but a heel. It's just, it's not. It doesn't. But yeah. she will make her occasional face runs. I think you know throughout her career and. Um, God willing, it continues on for many more years because you know she's already you know built up an impressive resume for herself. But um, if they do a double turn, then uh, who knows? I mean, it's it's. Um, I thought you were gonna say double team. Yeah, double team. <laughs> I mean, and you also have uh, other you know women on SmackDown that you would want to see step up. You know, you have Ember Moon. You know, that's that's knocking on the door. That I think I would like to see take that next step. You know, I. This year coming up, I think 2020, I predict she will win the women's title. I don't know on what show. I imagine on SmackDown, SmackDown to be 90% more likely because on Raw, you have between Becky and Ronda, you know, Ronda coming back. I don't know. There's going to be some kind of stranglehold going on over there, but I could be wrong. Um, But yeah, I I could see Ember being, you know, on SmackDown and staying there. And, um, you know, if the shakeup comes and goes where she's still there. But, you know, that's just one example. Speaking of that, not to get off too far off topic, but it actually might be a good segue into something else entirely. Yeah. You know, I I was hearing a a rumor that there might be a a draft coming up prior to SmackDown uh, going to Fox. Right. And I also heard that um, that those may, uh, those may actually be permanent rosters, which I think makes a ton of sense. Like you yes. have this giant, giant roster. Yeah. You know, and and this could be an entire uh, you know two episode uh, two podcast episode worth. I just said that really backwards. Um, <laughs> Everything you say is backwards. Worth ep- worth episode podcast cast pod. Evil Satan. All right. Uh, no, I mean that makes sense. Like you need to have separate champions on separate shows, and especially if you have NBC yeah, and Fox in the mix. Yeah. Then we Good. can't be having Roman Reigns jump over to Raw and SmackDown, and Lesnar jump over to Raw. I think they're going to create two separate very strong rosters that will both be three hours long mixing it up with nxt guys some people are going to get called up earlier than we think my question is to be uh is it, is it going to work with wild card rule are they going to keep that well i noticed they haven't really been talking about the wild card rule in the right. last few weeks i think that was much of i think that was really just a, a ratings draw for didn't when really, for, didn't really work for uh, and that was right after wrestlemania yeah, I, I think the twenty four seven title is working better than the the wild card rule. Oh God, honestly. yeah, it is. Yeah, the twenty four seven title is arguably the most entertaining aspect yeah. of the show these days. <laughs> I mean, our truth is what thirty two time champion already. He's the, I think he's like the thirteen time thirteen time seven <laughs> eleven European television champion, <laughs> as he says. Um, sorry. So now uh, let, let let let's go into another part of Raw and SmackDown. Um, King of the Ring. King of the Ring bracket. I I would say this week, both Raw and SmackDown had really good King of the Ring matchups. Yep. And good, and I think quality results. Not everyone's going to agree with us, but I, I think the results were on point. Yeah, you have um, just no, in no particular order. Let's 
start out with, I think, the biggest surprise for me, uh, Chad Gable going over Andrade. Yeah. I mean, Andrade was my pick, and there goes my pick, you know. And, and Chad Gable goes over him in a fantastic, fantastic match. It, it kind of reminded me in some ways of... Um, Eddie Kurt. Uh, I would say, <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think no, we'll no. ever get another Eddie <laughs> Kurt, but I do remember Andrade in NXT working with several guys, and he had some... I'm not saying this is on the same level, but he had some insane matches with Johnny Gargano. And Chad Gable, I feel like um, he's got his own style, um, but uh, just the athletic exchange is everything really back and forth. It really kind of harkened back to some of those crazy matches that those two had. So I was watching Gable and Andrade. I was saying, wow, this is really, really good stuff. And they put on an incredible match. Nice, surprising finish. And um, I guess Gable, they're running with uh, Gable as the underdog, impossible odds sort of element in the tournament because you usually almost always have that. But um, he's been a nice little fit into the whole scheme. Mm-hmm. No, pun, no pun intended. Little fit, yeah. <laughs> and um, and on the other side of, I mean, well, he's going up against uh, Elias in the semifinals for SmackDown. And on the other side, as we now see... Um, Corbin, Joe, and Ricochet, triple threat. That was a good curve. That was a good curve. Uh, I liked I liked that Corbin went over on Cedric. There's some people that I think they don't need the King of the Ring uh, title to, to, to be successful. Right. Sometimes you just, I think, within the scheme of the bracket, if you have somebody that has a good showing which I think Cedric has had. Yeah. I think that's enough for him. He doesn't have to go all the way and then lose or even win it. I mean, if, he's a great example of someone who um, has arguably a very bright future, made the jump from 205 Live. They have a lot of big plans for him. I mean, it's very obvious just by the fact that they're putting him in these big spots. They're putting him in matches with McIntyre and Corbin, you know, guys that are much bigger than him. But you know what? They're really showing how he could be very versatile and work with yeah. bigger guys, which is very very important because uh long term if he's going to be a, a main part of, of of a roster especially you know in, in the main roster where there's a lot of guys that are you know bigger than him you know he's working and, so well with them yeah and well, i, I want to add that you know with with having like guys like corbin go over elias go over we you need heels on either side sure to make the victory for the face who i which i think at this point we're going to see a face win the king of the ring i don't think so i think i think historically heels work out better for king of the ring right for Mm -hmm. ratings and and just overall quality of the matches and and i mean when was the last who was the last comical king of the ring that you remember comical Comical, comical, or even a good guy, King of the Ring. That I remember, like a good guy, King of the Ring. You know what? I can't even. See, you can't think of it. I know Edge won in two thousand one, right? <laughs> but since then, right? Um, they they kind of nixed it in the mid two thousands. I think they didn't have it for it, many years after it, it that. It became right. a weird like raw only thing. Yeah, right? it got bastardized really to a point but, where it was like really, beyond you, recognition. Really, if you think about it, all the King King of the Rings. King, King, King of the Rings. I can't. Yeah, most of yeah. them were heels. I'm sure if you pulled, if you pulled up a list of winners, uh, T, William Regal, um, uh, uh, Wade Barrett, they're, they're, they're all heels. Yeah. Kurt Angle, Chris well, Heel. Yeah, yeah. Stone Cold was the last face. face I can right. He wasn't even a face when well, he, he won. He wasn't it, a face. I think. He was a tweener. He, yeah, he, he was, was like, still mm-hmm. a tweener. It's like Randy Orton, if, if as if he were to win. 
Yeah, you know, it's a really good point. I mean, if, you know, we were to pull up a list of King of the Ring winners, I mean, I would say 90% of them are heels. Because the royalty gimmick, the whole essence of, you know, wearing the crown and, you know, having the throne is very heelish in of itself. So it lends itself better, I think, to having a heel win it. But um, that being said, it's not necessarily mean that, you know, you can't uh, have a face win it. I mean, if, if there's going to be a face that's winning it, I would say that it would be Ricochet if, any, if there's going to be a face at this point, obviously. but He doesn't need this win no, at all. I don't think he needs it. I think the only person, I'm looking at this, looking at the entire bracket, the only people that would need this uh, are they're going to fight each other next week on SmackDown. I, I would say Gable and Elias are the only two that really need this uh, win. Because you have it, you know, Samoa Joe is is really, I think, at his core, like an enhancement worker. He's like this monster that lets guys go over on him. Like he comes across as a monster. His whole gimmick is that he doesn't finish a match clean ever. Mm-hmm. Like he just beats the holy hell out of people. Like when was the last time he actually pinned someone? Like he just locks them in or he loses by like DQ. That's his whole shtick. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's going very far. I think he's he he would be. I think him and Gable would make the most sense for a finals. Hmm. I, I Corbin and actually I got into a, a mini argument, but go ahead, John. I would like to see Corbin versus Elias as the final match. Two heels, two heels against each other, because either way mm. they would both work as King of the Ring. I think. If I had a pick out of those two, I would say Elias. Well, who who was the one that said it a couple weeks ago? Who was gonna who was gonna be the uh, final two? Uh, did you say Elias? I, I did. Elias. I said Elias and Corbin. Ooh. However, I, I said Drew was gonna win it, and he hasn't been on TV, so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you about that. Has he been on TV? Has Drew McIntyre been on television? Wasn't on this week. Definitely wasn't on this week. Only they only have three hours to fill. Um, <laughs> That was sarcasm. <laughs> uh, sarcasm. But you have to think, too, like, the the whole tournament can't be a bunch of underdogs going up against each other. Right. Like, I think Cedric losing, Buddy Murphy losing, Ali losing, and, like, Gable rising through that rank, I think it's that it gives Gable a little more steam. Yeah, that's Cause true. Because if, if you have, like, 205 live, going, 205 live guys going up against each other, doesn't mean the same as if like Gable were to go up against a Corbin or uh, uh, a Samoa Joe. Guys, I think it's going to be Samoa Joe and Gable in the final. What, what, what are your uh, finals predictions? I know we, we're still two weeks out. Well, my bracket got destroyed like uh, the NCAA bracket in the first round. <laughs> but um, you know what? I hate to burst John's bubble, but I do think I think Gable's going to make it to the finals. Um. Oh, up against two, uh, I say Corbin and Gable. I know Corbin. Joe. I know Joe had the the backstage segment, but I'm gonna say Corbin and Gable. I'm a thing because I would say Corbin has, out of between him and Joe, by far would needed a little bit more. I think you know, long term, you want to give him a, a, another boost, another push. This would be ideal for him, I think, as a platform to do that. Because like you said, Joe Joe doesn't really need it because, again, he's in a lot of ways an enhancement talent. 
Um, you know, he's he's reliable. He'll always put on great matches in the middle and the card and, and on the upper part of the card. Uh, that's why I think I'm leaning towards Corbin being in the finals. That's the only reason why I'm leaning towards Corbin being in the finals. Um, but yeah. we shall see. I mean, it, it they look, they made it interesting to the point where it could go anyway. It's not as predictable, I think, as what you may have found yeah. in recent times. So uh, that aspect of it, I do like. Um, you know, it's it's. I, I got to say, this has been a smart move on on WWE on WWE's part because you have you now have these matches that mean something. Like you don't have these random matches that have no meaning and they don't end in like these like weird finishes. You just have. A match that you know it's bracket style match it makes sense it's something to right you know and on that note i do think that one thing that they should consider um if depending on the format of survivor series this year what they should do i think is do a um raw versus smackdown like how they used to do it team yeah. raw versus team smackdown and have qualifying matches to fill the slots for each team, so that way you could stretch it between Clash of Champions and Survivor Series. Right. You know, have on both sides you have five matches each show, and kind of well, maybe not necessarily put it in a bracket. I don't know, but that's again, you want to be able to watch the shows and see the um, purpose behind everything that's going on. You know, having these great matches, but actually have a meaning behind them. Like, where are they go? What are they working towards? I think that's one thing that they could take advantage yeah. of because there's that between now and Survivor Series, there's that that gap that they have to fill, and who knows? I just thought about that. You you guys tell me if I'm wrong, and I, I could be wrong. completely completely wrong. But is it did, did the winner of the King of the Ring did they get a title opportunity for like a mid card belt? In SummerSlam or a, t- a title match at SummerSlam, like like the old version of King of the Ring, I could have sworn they they, they may have that, uh, like the King of the Ring qualified. You know, when if you became mm-hmm. King of the Ring, you won a title match at SummerSlam. I that may, that may have been like one or two times. That's maybe happened. I don't know. I think early on there was yes. something like that because yes. I think when Bret Hart won it, didn't that when he won it, I could have swore that. For him, well, he got a title shot, but I could be wrong. For the original, uh, hang on, for the King of Ring of 1985, uh, Hogan actually beat Nikolai Volkov uh, for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship as King of the Ring. As King of the Ring. Right? Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Hmm. Because then I noticed around the time that when... Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. King of the Ring was actually a pay-per-view. That was the final match. But the fi- the last match of King of the Ring for that year was Don Morocco and uh, Iron Sheik hmm. for a title, for a gimmick. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, okay. so that was actually a separate uh, separate thing. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. But I'm thinking about when... Um... I, see, I feel like they have like the European title up for grabs or like or Intercontinental or... I. That's where I was going with that. I yeah. feel like when Austin won it, it was he was still in the middle of the card. When Triple H won it the year after that, he was in the middle of the card. 98 was, uh, I think, Ken Shamrock? Yes. 99 was Billy Gunn. 2000 was Angle. But you see the point. Billy Gunn, what, what a waste. Yeah, you, but you see the trend here between 96, Edge well, 1 and 2. Well, it's all, it, was always, is... it became a mid-card-esque sort of thing well uh, 96 was austin 97 uh was hunter hearst helmsley 
98 Jesus. was Shamrock, 99 was Gun- Billy Gunn, 2000 was Kurt Angle, 2001 was Edge. Uh, and then after that was uh, Lesnar was 02. Uh, Booker T was 2006. Yep. Regal, 2008. Sheamus, 2010. Wade Barrett, 2015. And to be decided this year. Yeah, after after Booker won it, I think that's when it went down the toilet. Yeah, because then, then it just became a gimmick, uh, like a, a gimmick for these, these older guys to win a right. You know, yeah, even for something. a guy like Sheamus, who you would have thought would have it would have meant something for somebody like him because he was just starting out, but it really meant nothing for him. I I completely forgot he was a King of the Ring because it, I think it was just how it was, how King of the Ring was positioned. Yeah, like it wasn't a pay per view anymore. Yeah, it wasn't its own pay per view. It became what I think the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal became. Yes, <laughs> just and it's funny when we first started this podcast. One of our first episodes was talking about defunct pay-per-views, and King of the Ring was one of them. Yeah. yeah. And they brought it back. So clearly they, somebody's so listening. listening. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Clearly somebody is listening. But that's the thing that also is now – I mean, it's great that they brought it back. I think it's really cool. But you remember when you used to watch King of the Ring, how there was always that element of, of how you had the final, uh, the final eight – or usually, sometimes they'd do like a final four. It was usually a final eight. The first matches would be on like, would open the show, and you would last. go through the night, factoring in the fatigue factor of how you know the guys go through the matches, and you see it really made added more intrigue to how like when you got towards the end, it's like wow, how is this really going to play out? Because now it's like everything is spaced out. You know, they have a week off. You know, they have matches. I do think that's the one thing that I miss about classic king of the ring is that it was its own event where right. you had from beginning to end you know it's like all oh, like remember when kurt angle had the matches and he had the match with shane i mean that was a great example um but yeah i uh maybe one day i don't know if they'll ever bring that back but i always thought that was really cool <laughs> no I, I, yeah it was like the semi-final matches would open the show mm-hmm. and then you're yeah or like be scattered throughout yep that was uh yeah that was a good touch um, yeah. Speaking of touch, I don't know. That has nothing to do with at this point. Uh, well, one of the things that Nick mentioned earlier was the direction of Bray Wyatt, aka the Fiend. And I had heard a rumor, and again, this was uh, all these rumors on dirt sheets. Um, apparently, Br- uh, Bray Wyatt might go up against either Seth Rollins or Strowman for the Universal Title. I think it was for the uh, pay-per-view. And then the, if anyone saw Firefly Funhouse, which was a great episode this week, hmm. you had Bray ref- you know, talking about a potential match for the Universal title. And as he's talking about that match, the, the Vince McMahon puppet came up <laughs> and he was you know, yelling at Bray Wyatt. And Bray was like, well, wait. He, do you want some want some of this? And he took out a, like a wad of cash. He's like, "This is what I'm making you, Vince." <laughs> and he like you know fed it to him. And that's just that 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 sketch itself was so perfect. Like, Very well done. He yeah, like literally, he's saying that I make money for this company, so I deserve a title shot. And and he he also had a, uh, a Hell in a Cell uh, update per se. Well, right. He's yeah. So I'm 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 thinking he'll fight either you know he'll fight for the universal universal title. Do you guys think this is too soon for him yes. to fight for a title? Yes. You know, Nick, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. You gonna disagree with me? I'm, I'm gonna, gonna jump over this table. I'm gonna attack you right now. 
I just I just feel like he's been in WWE now for like six years, six plus mm-hmm. maybe five ish. I think so. I think maybe five, maybe mm-hmm. less than five. Mm-hmm. Maybe going too far back. Bray White. Yeah, he's gone through a thousand character change. You know, not a thousand character character changes, but he's gone through so many feuds that have gone nowhere, and now we finally like, you know, he's relevant again, and he, you know, he's hot right now. He's you know making money. Isn't this like our dream to have him? win the title now before he gets too stale yeah i feel like we always you know and this was kind of what our conversation was last week you know when you gotta strike while the iron is hot and like i I, some people do complain like this character has had no time to develop but my question is what do you mean by how soon because i'm just trying to see if maybe we're looking at maybe we're not maybe we not be we may not be too far off from like timing wise. Universe, let's say he wins Universal title mid October. Is that too soon? No. Um, I would push it to Survivor Series, but um, definitely before the end of the year because I think that you have him go into the Royal Rumble and defend it, and um, you know, you give him. Maybe run it to SummerSlam. Make them go on a dominant run between now and next year. I mean, you That's... could play it out like that because the Universal title could take a step back in a way and allow the WWE title to go back to the front because you have um, on SmackDown, you know Roman Reigns is going to yeah. be knocking on the door. They're going to want to push him and make him become the prominent flag bearer again. So it seems right now that between Kofi and, and whoever else comes in and takes the title there. Because you know what it is what the problem is that you have Bray Wyatt, who I agree is deserving of a strong spot. I think it's it's his time. I think the way they, they change his I think the way he changed his character around, I should say, because he's really, I think, taking most of the credit for the creative aspect of it. But um I agree. I, I think that he is entitled to um, a title run. I just think that he needs, um, I think he needs one or two more um, matches that like significant matches, I think with, with people that I think it would put him over the edge and make a big difference. And I think really like add to his uh, intimidation factor, you know, cause he's coming out and he's attacking people and he's doing all these great promos. But I think in the ring wise, I think he needs a couple of, of significant wins that's why I'm saying maybe right now it's a little soon because I think just to give him the title now, um, I don't know how I feel about that. So um trying to think of where I'm going with all of this, but uh, I think that he should definitely by Mania have the title. Um, that's how I feel. Okay. By the way, folks, that noise you just heard was the empty arena producers coming in telling us we have a special guest on the show later. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's he's here? Yeah, he's here. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought it was just rumors. Yeah, it is. It's true. He's here. On our budget, too? On our budget. Wow. I can't wait. He was gracious enough to come in and uh, sit down with us, and he's he's going to let us interview him. Whew. All right, we can't tell anyone who it is. We can't tell anyone who it is. So, folks, you just have to wait until the end of our uh, episode to listen to the interview. Um. Yeah. So, 
for uh yeah for the fiend i mean for the is it is it too soon for the fiend is it you know should bray wyatt go back to you know the bray wyatt character for now and then break out the fiend similar to how balor breaks out the demon i don't know i just feel like i i I think that works but it's kind of like i don't know how to explain it it's kind of like you see you see what it's done with balor and you see what it did for him and much. Yeah, exactly. So well, I'm afraid that roster. if they do the same exact thing with Wyatt slash The Fiend, it's going to be going down the same road as Balor. I think as a heel, it works differently because as a heel, um, also the fact that Bray Wyatt is a physically intimidating uh, character, you know, person altogether. Um, you know, he's not Braun Strowman level monster, but he has shown that he could you know, play the role of someone that physically demolishes other people. Finn Balor, um, don't get me wrong, fantastic athlete and all that, but, you know, great gimmick and, you know, knows how to work it well. But I don't think it comes off in the same way because I think Bray Wyatt is just someone that could come in and just, you know, rip somebody apart. Where Balor can't really do that. You know, Balor kind of just is like the fly that's on your back that will just, you know, annoy you to death. And, you know, it's, I think it works differently. I think, you know, with Bray, I think him playing that monster role, it, it really um, comes off really well. The one thing I was going to say before is that I, I, I think the problem with Bray Wyatt, you know, with this character, is that in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about um, the mainstream product and you're talking about getting on, you know, network TV and, you know, who are the people that you're pushing, he... I think represents, I think in a lot of ways, what the undertaker represented 10, 20 years ago, when you had the new generation, when you had Brett and Sean, you had Austin and rock taker was always that entity that floated around in the background and never always necessarily needed the title to really, um, you know, be relevant or be dominant because people always looked forward to seeing him. You know, he was always a star. Ideally, you would hope that that is the same thing with Bray. I'm not saying that they shouldn't give him the title. I mean, he will have his runs. Uh, making it sound like he's going to the bathroom <laughs> like a shit. I was just thinking that in my head. He'll have his runs. Um, but point being, um, I we- think they really have to focus on his character before. I think character before title. That's he, he'd me. be the eater of a podium, essentially. Essentially. <laughs> Like that uh, kayfabe news article where Bray Wyatt suffered uh, from food poisoning after eating an undercooked world. <laughs> One of my favorites. Um, how, how cool would it be to see like Braun Strowman destroy the Firefly Funhouse, though? Like he comes in and they're in the middle of a feud. Listen, I mean, anything to get that guy back uh, into relevance again. I mean, my God, we could spend more time well, talking Well, he's about been that. injured, right? Was he? I don't think so. Not, not lately. No? I, I feel heard. like I haven't seen him on TV as yeah. much. I hadn't heard too much mention well, of it. I think one. Speaking of injuries, or or potentially getting an injury, one one topic we have not really talked about over over the last few weeks, mainly because it's kind of been a dud until I think until SmackDown, uh, the Roman Reigns storyline between him, Eric Rowan, and Daniel Bryan, which is just to me still so bizarre. That Roman's in this situation, but I think it only helps Roman get over, you know, because I feel like now he's getting the bill that he should have had, like three years ago, yeah, before he was, you know, shotgun to the moon. Mm-hmm. He's now he's like 
it's almost like you uh you know you you became like the senior vp of a company and then you got fired and then you have to start out as like an intern again like this is him going through working his, the mailroom yeah it's like going it's like working <laughs> the mailroom again like he's he's going through all these storylines that he probably should have had when he was on his way to the top um but now he's having them now now yeah, he's having them now that makes no sense no you're right well, that's I, a very good comparison no, i think i i'm listening to what you're saying and i'm i'm agreeing with you cuz you know he before this he was in that that weird uh you know feud with Shane and before that he was involved with the story with Drew McIntyre around WrestleMania before that obviously he was you know hand you know dealing with cancer situation and then you know but before that he was the universal champion but now he's getting into all these feuds where he is he's not on the main you know he's not closing out the shows anymore although he did but not as a champion um, I think it's good for him to get this exposure because it's just he's in the he's in the storyline. He's yeah. in the WWE storyline. This but is you, you don't want him to expose himself. You wouldn't want us exposing ourselves. I'm sure the female demographic does <laughs> want him to. Or the guys that are into that, no judgment there, but um you know what? I <laughs> We're an all inclusive podcast, guys. Um you know what? I wanna say that I think you put into words what I had been feeling for a long time about how uh, things with Roman Reigns went sour because when we think about a lot of the big main eventers that have come and gone in WWE, you know, whoever your favorites were, you know, it's there's a who's who of names. But I think for the most part, you always had a time frame where certain characters had to spend a lot of time, not a lot, depending how fast they were pushed, but there was still a certain amount of time spent stewing, not so much on on the top of the card. You know, you had these mid-card feuds and you had stories behind them. That, I think, is important because you have to have character development take place in order to really get people on your side. And I think the problem with Roman is that he didn't really get a chance to... Um, develop his character to the extent that I think he is now because I think he's just gotten better and better since day one. I mean, it's not that he was never bad to begin with. I always liked the guy, but um, it's kind of like what you're saying. It's worked in reverse now. You know, he had the main event, he had the title runs, and now what do you do now? Now he's taking a step back and he's working, you know, lower on the card and he's doing these, you know, dramatic soap opera-esque storylines where, you know, Usually, it used to be a case where he would normally do all that all that fluff first yeah. before they pushed him because by the time he pushed him, you know, he had the mic skills under his belt. He had the persona. He knew how to change things up. He, th- at that point, it was like, all right, now the guy is ready. But now it's like, look at what they've done where they've rocket shot so many of these guys to the moon and given them the title right away. And then it, it's like everyone falls backward. <laughs> The curious case of Roman Reigns. Yep. <laughs> he has Photoshop ben- ideas. Benjamin Button storyline right now. Right, he's, yeah. You know, aging in reverse. Yeah, that's true. He's dealing yeah. with these. Yeah, in know, terms of accomplishments. Uh, folks, next week he's going to NXT. Yep. Yeah, and then the week before that he's going to be And he's going to bury all of your indie darlings. <laughs> yeah. Adam Cole, what the hell does that even mean? Baby. <laughs> what are you, Michael Cole's son? <laughs> 
Um, Vintage Adam Cole. Uh, what do we think about Ro- uh, Rowan now? Rowan. Rowan getting this weird rub. <laughs> <laughs> what do I think about rowing? Rowing? It's good for the it's back. Hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's yeah, it's good for the good back. glutes. Yeah. the back and some bicep work. I'm sorry, I couldn't contain myself. <laughs> yeah, now uh. he's on a tear. Good for him. I mean, honestly, I think good for him. Why not? I mean, it could only, it could only, you know, another monster in the mix. You know, he, I don't think he's, yeah. gonna, you know, he, he might be in line for like an intercontinental or United States title push. Yeah. I don't see him as WWE champion. Someone that Roman's definitely going to plow through come Clash of Champions. Yeah. He's not a champion. He's getting fed to Roman, of course. Yeah. (laughs) You know what the funny thing is about this is that you have two guys with very similar sounding names. Rowan and Roman. So who's really being cheered here? (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Roman. I mean, Rowan. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but I, I think uh, Rowan held his own on, on the mic. Yeah. He held his own. You know, it was his first promo, I think, ever. Yeah, he has ever cut promos. He just, uh, the only, only... Well, it's like Luke Harper. When Luke Harper was around, he didn't cut any promos either. Bray Wyatt was a mouthpiece for Although, the Whites. Luke Harper, I, I feel like, has a thousand times more charisma than Oh, yeah, Rowan. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he's not with WWE anymore. Well. Yeah, he, what a shame. He is, but he's like on lockdown, right? No, no, he, he quit. He quit, but I think they, yeah. they did something where his, he has like a non-complete, non-complete, non-compete clause in his contract. Who knows? Or something. I mean, they, they do that with everybody. But. What a what a wast. Waste. Yeah. A wast day. So now uh, we, we we have a special guest here this and evening. We, and we're all excited about this because it's a big name. I know. You, it's, 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 uh, it's been a long time coming. You know, it's been a while. We had, we've had... King John Broadway is one of our guests. And this is really, this marks our second official guest of the Empty Arena podcast. Yeah. It's kind of wild. And, and, and he's coming in now. He's coming in. Oh, there he is. Wow. Hey, it's, this is incredible. <laughs> I can't uh, believe we're actually saying this. We're actually. I, my hands are shaking. We, we are with, uh, the immortal, the immortal Hulk Hogan. I think I'm going to shit my pants right hey, now. Hey, Hulk, how, uh, how are you? Hey brother, how the hell are you? We're, we're doing well. Um, um, so, you know, my, my first question for you, uh, well, I know you've been in some hot water recently, you know, with some of the things you've said. I was a real horse's ass. I apologize. All right. Well, that's good. My, my first, uh, question, my first official question for you is, you know, with all these Fast and the Furious movies coming out, who is your, you know, favorite actor that that's featured in all these really cool movies? The Rock. Yeah. He's, he's great. Yeah. So tell us, uh, what is your favorite Stone Cold catchphrase? What? Yeah, I think it's the. I think we we're in agreement there. What? Oh, ha, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> what? <laughs> Very <laughs> funny, funny. Hulkster. Very funny. Um, but you know, one of the reasons why we brought you on the show is it's a little embarrassing. Our show is not making enough money. That's for damn sure. So we were hoping to maybe get some money from you, if that's okay. I'll give you $10,000. Wow. Wow. That's not enough. It's nice, but not enough. i tell you what. I'll give you $14,000. What do you think? That sounds great. I mean, wow. How could I make... Uh, that money up, you know, I've, I've really tried, you know, to, to become a, a fighter, you know, a professional fighter. 
So, you want to be a wrestler? Yeah, I, I really do want to be a wrestler. Uh, do you have any suggestions or, or thoughts on that? But it won't be today, brother. It won't be today. Wow. I'm, I'm a little offended by that, uh, Hulk. I mean, we, we've been trying really hard. and we, we really want to make some money, and it seems like the only option. Don't do it. Do you think we'll get hurt? Is there, you know, is there anything that you can, like, words of advice you can give us about potentially becoming wrestlers? Vince doesn't have any more plans for you. Oh, so it's more of like we're not able to be booked because there's just not enough uh, storyline for us. Is that is that the issue? No way. You know what? We're getting way off track here. Um, so, Hulk, uh, we have a lot of cool merchandise. Would you like to buy one of our exclusive Empty Arena t-shirts? Those are my shirts. I've got a right to sell them. What are you talking about? These are not your shirts. You don't get a percentage. Wait, wait. This is the shirt that we made together, John and I. Uh, yeah, with the cool iron-on decals that look like the NWO logo. You sold all those shirts. Where's my percentage? What are you talking about? What? That, that, oh, that that rolls up into the the fourteen grand that you'll give us, right? Oh no. Oh, I I think we're on two different wavelengths, Hulk. Okay. So. Maybe we talk about something else. Uh, you know, we've, I think, I, didn't I speak to you on, on the, you know, uh, over the holidays at some point? Uh-uh, brother. You sure about that? You could tell everyone. Just go ahead. We had talked on the phone during the holidays. See, I knew you'd admit it eventually. <laughs> I can't believe he's talking about this to you guys. I, yeah, I mean, oh, listen. Uh, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Wow. Wow. I didn't. I didn't know you felt that way about me, Hulk. I just, I'm madly in love with you. Oh, uh, this is getting very listen, uncomfortable. We we can't do this right now. Um, you know, you know my thoughts about commitment, and you know how much I want to live in Minnesota, and you haven't shown me anything. You know, no, there's no no passion. I want you to come up north next week. I, I mean, I, I'm going to go out and buy a house. I'm going to get you an engagement ring, and hopefully you'll think about moving to Minnesota. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what to say. I, Would you move to Minnesota so we can get married there the first chance we get? Wow, this is a, a lot on, on this episode of the Empty Arena podcast. I mean, I, last year, I didn't think I'd be getting proposed to by Hulk Hogan. I mean, Andrew, it's a big day. It's a, it's a big question to ask. Oh, man. I, I, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go. Oh man. Uh, you know what? Uh, on second thought, I feel like you're moving a little too fast. I guess I blew that one. Yeah. I, I, I think you did. Um, maybe we should just call it, call it what it is and just kind of go our separate ways, Hulk. You're right. You know, I, I, I'm glad you understood. Um, you're, you're very, you know, good guy to talk to. And, you know, I, I really appreciate your understanding my perspective. Sure. That'll really work. All right. I don't need the attitude from you. Uh, we'll talk about this soon at some point. Thank you. All right. That's a weird response, but fine. <laughs> uh, let's say goodnight to our, uh, to our audience. I think it's just about that time. Thank you for sticking around for this exclusive interview. And again, sorry, it kind of went off the rails a little bit. And on that note, uh, check us out on uh, 
the Instagrams, the Facebooks. Uh, check us out on uh, Gmail if you want to email us any more questions for Mr. Hulkster over here. Um, anything else you have to say? No, for our lucky fans out there, check out, our, check out our dank memes on Instagram and yeah. you know Facebook and everything. Check yeah. us out on Twitter. Um, but I think that's it. I mean, I'm I'm Andrew. I'm Nick. I'm John. I'm Hulk Hogan. And this is the Empty Reader Podcast. Good night. This has been a Dawson Studios production.